Hello. I want to welcome you to Renton Christian Center's Recorded Ministries. We hope you'll be encouraged listening to God's teachings. Our services are held Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We share an awesome worship experience here at Renton Christian Center. Be sure to visit our website at rccfoursquare.org. Here's our message. So we good? Wow, the lights are bright up here. It's just a reflection off my head. You know, as we were uh, singing this morning, you know, they, they talked, you know, the, the theme fire just really rung through, and it's really exciting, and so I wanted to share with you um, a little bit. I want to pray first. Lord Jesus, you know, as, we've, as we come here and we worship, Lord, something changes in our lives. Lord, as we sing praises to you, everything about what we're doing unites us with your presence. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Amen? Amen. So, wow, tomorrow we're into June, nearly halfway through the year. By now, all of those resolutions that you made around the first of the year, they've either been put to bed, thrown out, or, or totally wasted. But... Life goes on, but you know, one thing that has to be constant in our lives is the fire in our souls. God pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and we can't round up enough containers that, because God so generously pours out to us into our lives through the Holy Spirit, and we are to keep the fire going. This morning, I wanted to share one thing that we all can practice. But first, I want to give some practical background so that it makes sense. And, you know, and because we need to have this thing going on, some practical background. We need fire, sheep, and deer. That's, that's my three things that we're going to work with. So we're going to try and, you know, put that together this morning. But, you know, whoever wrote that lyric to the song that says, it only takes a spark to get a fire going, didn't live here. <laughs> didn't, did not live in the Northwest. You know, if, you, know, you know, if you camp here, you can't find a dry anything. And so, so if you've watched the Discovery shows on, they're on like Dual Survivor. Anybody watch that stuff? Am I the only one to watch? Yeah, good. At least there's two of us that know what I'm talking about. Or even, or even that, uh, that reality show that was just on last week, The Island. Anybody catch that? See, you guys? Survivors. You know, the, the, you under, understand that the key to survival is fire. Key to survival is fire. And, you know, for warmth, for light, for cooking, for protection from animals, and for creating clean water. You know, so I, I have to say, as summer comes... There's nothing like a great campfire on a clear night under the stars telling some of those legendary stories and, and s'mores. S'mores, I mean, guy, we were at the store the other day, you know, they have s'more kits. How many have seen the kits for s'mores in the store? And you know, instead of being the regular marshmallow, they're this huge square thing that's supposed to line up on the crackers that they sell you. But when you nuke it, Good grief, that, that marshmallow gets to be about 50, you know, it's like playing Charlie Bunnies, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just terrible. So, you know, 
getting the fire going and, you know, and, and sustaining it may, may appear to be simple, but it's not as uncomplicated and effortless as one might think. And I, I've had the opportunity to try every approach on my backpacking trips that I make annually with my son and my grandsons and my brother-in-law. You know, I have become the guy that's the, the campfire guy. Everybody else does a million other things and, and I do the fire. Because fire requires some organizational skills. And those of you who know me know that already I'm challenged. But <laughs> in the beginning you have to have a clearing and you have to make sure there's nothing overhead that, you know, if you really get the fire going that, you know, and so you have to have this platform of dirt. You need three things to start a fire. You need tinder, which is small material that catches fire easily, but it burns fast. And the second thing you need is you need some kindling, some small twigs and stuff. See, you guys are starting, you're nodding your head, so at least somebody has seen a campfire. And, and so, and the, and the last thing you need is fuel wood. You know, something that's, uh, you know, that's going to stay hot and stay burning and keep going. You know, but another thing that fire requires is patience. You can't move directly from this little fire you get going to the big logs. Or, you know, you literally smother the thing and you have to start over. And if you've watched, I mean, none of you are admitting that you've watched some of those shows, but you watch the guy blowing into this little thing and rubbing the sticks. You know, I, I don't rub the sticks. This is my stick. I carry this stick in my car along with my knife. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it does instant fire, you know, so I don't have... But it still is not guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. But you can't, you know, fire needs three things. If you went to school, you know, you, you understand oxygen, heat, and fuel. And always, say always. Always. That's my test to see if you're still with me. You know, collect twice as much tinder, twice as much kindling, and twice as much fuel wood as you think you're going to need. Because it's surprising how fast you go through all of those things. You know, and, and as you get going, you'll always wish you had more, right? Because the fire doesn't always go the way you thought it is. And there's, then there's always this important thing about construction of the, the base fire. Everybody has a plan. Some people have the TP thing. You know, some people do the lean-to. Some do the TP with the Lincoln log thing around it. You know, there's just so many ways, you know. And every man has fire-making secrets, it's sort of like a rite of passage, you know. You're finally big enough, son, you can make the fire. And, you know, and then for weeks you try and plan that out. But it's, you know, the important truth of, about fire is that it becomes part of what it's burning. Fire becomes part of what it's burning. You take a piece of wood out of the fire, the fire is attached to the wood. It still is attached to the wood. The fire goes where the wood goes. And if you put a fire out, you see that it has consumed part of the wood. So all of this to say, if the fire is just on you, because if, if we come to church or we go to camp or we go to a concert or we go to a home group, if you have fire just is on you, but it's not part of you, when you leave, the warmth that goes with that will stay for a while, but the fire doesn't unless you become part of it. My analogy would be, if you ever watched people, and I was going to do this, I was going to practice, I was telling Sue, I, I, I had the fluid, I was going to do the thing where you, you put the lighter fluid in your mouth, and you know, you, 
and, and you hold the lighter out here and you just do this big blast of flame. I was going to do that, but you know, I tried it a couple weeks ago and all my hair is gone. <laughs> So, so, but what happens is you watch the person that's blowing out this lighter fluid, they, the fire never gets to them, it just goes away. And so unless the fire becomes part of you, unless the fire is in you, it's not going to work for you. But see, the fire takes some attention, and, and like most matters, you know, fire will change. The shape and the intensity of the fire changes. It never remains the same. And the same is true about the fire in our souls. God knows that, and he knows that so well that under the old covenant, he instructed the Israelites to never let the fire go out. Never let the fire go out. The priests were responsible for keeping the fire going. They were instructed to always have sacrifice on the altar. And Romans 12:1 tells us, continually offer ourselves as living sacrifices. It says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the ashes were to be carefully disposed of, and the proof of God's Spirit working in us Trans, and it's proof of the God's working in us and transforming us is there's ash, there's some residue. When you light a fire, if you leave the fire go long enough, there's stuff that's no longer usable. And I want to be that person. I want to be the person that's used everything that God has given me so there's no, whatever is left over is no longer usable for anybody else because I want to use everything God gives me. Don't you? I think it's exciting to think about that. So anyway, the proof that God's working in us, transforming us, all that happens. And, and when we're burned to ash, we're taken out. That ash is taken out of our lives. Sometimes, you know, years ago, there used to be this whole process where they say, well, you know, if you want to get total healing in your life, you know, go back to the womb and think about these People will remember some of that who are really around. But you know the thing about God and when he burns up something, when he's on fire in your life, there's byproduct of that that you don't ever have to look again. I don't want to spend my whole life looking backwards at all the mistakes I made. Somewhere, you know, after I pass, there will be a giant video going about what I did and here was me being silly doing this and here was me being silly doing that. That seems to be the only pictures that are out there is me being silly. But, you know, but that's gone. That was me yesterday. Today... I've built from that. The fire that's in me that that caused, you know, is in me, and I can work from that. And so in the midst of that, every morning, new wood was to be burned on the altar. That fuel, for us, that new dialogue with God, new prayers, fresh worship, fresh experience in the Word, is added daily, something fresh all the time to continually increase and strengthen the fire. Now, since Alex is in Proverbs, and I wanted to not be out of the pursuit of wisdom, I have a Proverbs verse for us that we're going to memorize quickly. Proverbs 26.20 tells us, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. 
Say that with me. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Say that with me one more time. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. How many think they have that to memory? Okay, so next week, when you come back, give that verse to Alex, you know, that you, as, as the memory verse. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And I think these truths are embedded in the minds and the hearts of, of, of one shepherd king. I'm going to get to the sermon. People are wondering, when is he going to start the sermon? <laughs> not to worry. Not to worry. I noticed we had an extra half hour today. And so I'm going to take every one of that because last time I ran out of time. So this time I'll... I'll no. <laughs> That's a joke too. I watch the look on people's faces like... <laughs> anyway... I want you to open your Bibles or your device with me. We're going to be in Psalm 42. This is a familiar psalm. We sing songs from it. I think King David wrote it and the sons of Korah put it to music. Actually, Psalm 41 and 42 and 43 were probably written as one long psalm, but as we've gotten older, we figured out that people can't retain thoughts that long, so they have to have little commercial breaks between them. It was a, I'm serious. If you look at all the new psychology and all the new studies, they say that people cannot hang on to a thought in our current society more than about 15 minutes. And so they actually talk about, I've been to a church where they actually have a break in the middle of the sermon so people can, you know, get themselves, get their whatever they need to get so they can stay with it and come back. Because that's how we're trained. We watch television now and there's these little segments and we, we can't do anything long. But anyway, this was, it was a miscal. It's an instructive song. Maskal, I'm sorry. Something that you, was to be internally thought about and applied. An idea to go over it and over it and over it until it's memorized. In other words, you meditate on it and do it. See, meditation in itself is not enough. You have to do things. So for us, Psalm 70, or 42 is a window to an intimate moment where we listen in on a conversation that David had with God and to see how his fire was doing. The psalm was written at the time when his son Absalom wanted to take his father's throne and devised a plan that pushed, pushed him right out of the kingdom into the wilderness, probably into a cave. And David was depressed, discouraged, disorientated, afraid, exhausted, hopeless. One of those words probably applies to how sometimes we feel. And he cries out to God. But I want you to know, David didn't create the problem. Someone else did. But he has to live with it. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? Some, you didn't make the mess. But somehow you're responsible to clean it up. So David was running the kingdom, and now his crazy kid kicks him out. And he's on the run, and he's trying to figure out his place and his position, his next step. And all too often, we find ourselves trying to find, solve problems in non-spiritual ways. Because we don't realize that almost every issue is first spiritual. So, so what he does, what does he do when things go bad? What does he do when his fire is waning? 
He doesn't make it about Absalom. He deals with God on his own behalf. So let's read it together. I'm going to read it from my version because everybody has a different version. Uh, Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, As the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul, which is who I really am, longs after you, O God. Deer run for two reasons. They run because they're being chased by an enemy or because they want water. Now, this is an interesting thing about deer. Is they, they wake up one moment and they figure out, I'm thirsty. And so they run until they find water. And when they get to the water, they stick their whole face in the water. I don't know whether you've ever seen that, but if you see a deer beside it, you'll see that they stick their whole face in the water and they just suck. And David is being chased, and he's searching for that kind of relief. He's searching for something that will just totally immerse him in, in, in whatever it is to cool him off, to get him out of this situation. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Heart sick and longing for God's presence. Verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night, <clears throat> while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Now the term... The term cast has something to do, something that shepherds understood. So sheep are, are fairly top heavy and they have little tiny feet. <clears throat> so when they roll, lay down and roll over on their side, it's hard for them to get up. Now, I, I want you to envision this because people know me as an active kind of pastor. You know, we have sheep in my neighborhood. So they get down and they're like this and they have little tiny feet. And so when they go to lay down, if they go down wrong, they fall on their side. And as they struggle to get up, they're doing this. Everybody got a clear picture of that? They get stuck on their backs. They have no defense mechanism. They can't turn back. That's what being called being cast means. So when you see that in... The, in in your scripture. They would die upside down if, if the shepherd didn't come and write them up. Now, amazingly, we have sheep being grown in a, in a field by us, and sometimes you see that, you know, and I'm not the guy that's going to jump the fence and go turn the sheep back up, but there is a guy that comes by a couple times a day and, and writes the sheep. Sheep are pretty foolish, you know, and we could go into that all the way around, but I, that is, that's a different sermon. I've done the dumb sheep sermon before. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you notice you all laugh together? You know, you know how dumb that is? <laughs> it's all good. So anyway, David used the word, why so downcast, oh my soul? He's saying, why am I hurting so much? Why am I so discouraged? I can't turn myself back over. Life is not working for me. I am stuck. That's what he's saying. I'm stuck. And we hear our own humanity in David's self-talk. God, you are so great, but I'm so discouraged. God, you are good. So why is my life so crummy? God, you pour out your love. I feel so alone. 
This is what the psalm is about. One minute we're super stoked. The next minute we're lethargic. I can't, but you can. I can't. Yes, you can. David is trying to negotiate and navigate his own, you know, navigate his own soul. He's trying to get himself to a place in the face of all the flame extinguishers of his life because there's lots of things out there that are putting out the fire. And he's praying through it, through the emotions, through how things were and through how all the things seemed hard to him. And what he's trying to get here is he's trying to get a breakthrough. See, now breakthrough is the moment you say, enough is enough. I can't keep doing it this way. I can't run, I can't hide, I can't ignore, I can't dodge, I can't bump into that thing anymore. And Because the fire's going out. And if the fire goes out, I'm cast. I don't want to be in the same place six months from now. That would be 2016. I mean, it's right around the corner. I don't want to be in that same place. So what does David do? He makes a decision, a declaration. I will put my hope in God. I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Breakthrough comes when you and I will make a decision of your will that I will put my hope in God. Period. I'm going to go back to my fire. I'm going to dig down. I'm going to retrieve some of the flame that I know there. Like the deer, David puts his head all in. He just buries himself in there and sucks up the deliverance and breakthrough that God has for him. I love it when we're courageously desperate enough to do that because those days don't come often. This psalm that we've talked about, Psalm 42, is a psalm to memorize. It's one to bring it to your heart. They, you know, they, they put it to song because it's easier to retain it that way. And it's the same with us. It's easier to retain things when it's put to music. The worship was just wonderful. You know, it takes you back. And, and, you know, if you've ever listened to radio and you heard a song that you haven't heard for years, that you haven't even thought about for years, but you know every word, memory floods in like that. I, I want to try this because this is an experiment I want you to think about because I, I like interactive church. I'm going to sing the first part. I, I, I'm going to borrow this. I don't need it turned on. I just saw this somewhere on a, one of the professional singers did. I'm going to sing a part, and then you're going to sing a part. So when I put the microphone out there, it's your turn to sing, okay? We good with that? You understand what we're going to do? Okay. Let me try this, because I want to see. I want to show you how memorization works. Na, 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 na. See, it works. Let's try another one. There she was just a-walking down the street. One more. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. Not so many there. Look at that. But it, so for all you people like me who have used the excuse you can't memorize, look at this. See, and I didn't, have to, I didn't even have to go to the backup song. Yeah. Amazing grace. 
See? Memorization is easy. You just have to put your mind to it, put it to music, have some fun with it. You know, you can't say I can't because you can. This psalm is to be ingested. It's to become part of our essential fire kit to see how he, you know, and to see how David got through life in the process. And the only thing is, what was the first thing that I talked about at the beginning? What you have to do is you have to make the decision to put our hope in God, period, and to praise him. When your fire's waning and your enemies are chasing you, when your humanity is all over the place and you're cast, or even if your life is going really smoothly and everything is wonderful, speak out Psalm 42 out of your conversations with God. I spent time this week, I read it and I speak it to God because it means something to you. David used it, it's got to be good. You know, if you can't back it up with the Bible, what are you going to back it up with? There is a real call on our lives, people, to keep the fire going. When, when I'd be backpacking, I was the fire guy also because I don't sleep well. If, there are people like that in this room too. So I'd be sitting there in the tent and, you know, it's 20-some degrees and I brought a 40 an above sleeping bag. So, you know, I'm the first guy that wants to get up and, and, and get things going. But I always found if I could get in and if the fire had been going the night before, I could dig down a little ways, pull aside all that ash that I didn't want to keep in, my, in the fire. And then I could take some of these pine needles that were about this long, throw them on there, just a little puff, and it'd break into flame again. You know, if, if, if you're a long ways from where that fire is burned excitingly in your life, it's not that far away. Just have to put your hope back in God. That's it. You know, go until there's breakthrough. Till there's a new song in your heart. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, some of us, some of us have bonfires going. I heard about the women's retreat where they had these giant bonfires that they should have called the fire marshal on. Lord, I thank you for that, Lord, that some of us have bonfires going, but some of us, some of us here, Lord, need to dig down and to revive the fire that we know is there. Or we need to take the ashes out and just cry out, I'm cast, Lord. I'm cast. Whether today finds us on top of our game or at the lowest pit we can possibly imagine, one truth remains. You are God. You love us. You are with us. You won't leave us. You're the shepherd of our soul. You know, maybe you're here this morning, you don't have a fire in your life. Maybe you're one of those people that just is on the fringes. You know, he's right here waiting to be your Lord and Savior. Invite him in. Lord, you have placed the fire of your love within us. Forgive us for not always being good fire tenders. May we put our whole face in, our whole heart in. Take us to a deeper place. Help us to want more of you. Take us all the way, Lord, to fresh breakthrough. So this summer and every season, your fire within us will grow and not be able to be contained by your name and by your spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. It's been a pleasure speaking with you guys.
Listening to God's teachings is always so exciting. We hope you have enjoyed this recording and that it has blessed you. Remember to share these messages with others you know and love. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. Here again is Pastor Kevin. Do you ever have thoughts about your purpose in life? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you walked away and it's time to come home. You know, really our walk with God is about a personal relationship with Him. That's what He wants. I believe that's what we want. I encourage you to take a few moments and allow this message to sink in. Allow His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. You know, the Bible says that if we draw close to Him, that He will draw close to us. So do that today. God bless.